I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Stowe. Good evening from Prague and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host Pete Coleman and I'm Travis Dow. What does it mean to be known as a nation's worst leader? Some say one man's villain is another man's hero, but as far as the Czechs are concerned, the first Czechoslovakian communist prime minister, Clement Gottwald, tops the list of the worst. Tonight we examine the life of a man known as a true believer in the socialist way of Lenin and Stalin, the post-war face of the communist party in Czechoslovakia, Clement Gottwald. Vracím zaradu od prezidenta Gottwald's voice was strong, and his convictions to steer the war-weary Czechoslovak people toward socialism was even stronger. The first communist president of the Czech and Slovakian Federative Republic was born in 1896 as an illegitimate son to a poor peasant. He entered the Austro-Hungarian army to fight in the First World War at the age of 18, but deserted to join the Russian Red Army, where he found himself fascinated by Bolshevism and their charismatic leader Lenin. Yeah, so that was actually a pretty common thing in the in the First World War to, for Czechs to decide to not want to fight for the Austrians and kind of fight against the Austri- Austrians and switch sides. So there were Czechs fighting basically on all fronts, on all sides. But this But, is important, Travis, because this is probably his first taste of really what the uh, the Russian socialist experiment was like. Yeah, so like and you said, it from really sunk in with them. Yeah, from coming from a poor peasant family. Yep, it probably kind of inspired him. When the war ended, he entered the Communist Party in Slovakia and worked as a journalist. Politics became a part of his life and he became to and he began to craft his delivery as his speeches were sharp and direct. His style was that of a common man. So in 1926 he moved to Prague and started working at the Communist Party office, thus quickly forming a group supporting the Kremlin politics. He was quick to criticize President Masaryk and even called him a fascist. The state, in Gottwald's opinion, was artificial and was a product of Versailles conferences, not of the people's wishes. So you can actually start seeing that his his narrative was coming into focus, and his his viewpoint, his trajectory, uh, as part of the Communist Party leader leadership, uh, was really kind of moving. We talk about the the, the past, especially World War II. Uh, the Munich Pact corresponded with Gottwald's statements as the Allies betrayed the Czechs and the Slovaks making the agreement with Hitler. In 1939, the Nazis banned the Communist Party and Gottwald immigrated to the Soviet Union, coordinating with the communist activities with Binish and his London initiative. So already you can see that he's on the other side of what many Czechs felt was their true government in exile with Binish in London. Right. Yep. He was on the other side with uh, with Stalin and trying to figure out, you know, hopefully in his mind, the war will be won 
by the mm-hmm. Allies, and who's going to come through the door, Benish or me? Yeah. Right? Yeah, so this, this collaboration soon made Gottwald one of the most important political figures outside the protectorate. And then after the war, he became the head of the Communist Party, and then, of course, later Prime Minister. So he initiated the new constitution banning all ultra-rightist parties, which was common, I should say, in, in all of Europe, not just socialist uh, places. They were kind of tired of ultra-rightists in general. And he gu- guaranteed a clear feel to the communists, which, you know, obviously this, this was a Warsaw Pact country. And he emphasized the importance of a social state, openly acknowledged Bolshevism. For those of you that, that know World War II, this was, or World War II history, this was the part that the Russians liberated. So there was a lot of heavy influence coming directly from Moscow. So Travis, after winning the election in 1946, the Communist Party started to direct towards the steps of Benish and force him to turn down the Marshall Plan that, that the uh, General George C. Marshall had proposed. Many other countries in the Soviet, soon-to-be Soviet satellites would be doing the same thing. Gottwald's politics machine ruined the lives of his rivals and opened a path towards the Communist Party rule, leading to a full takeover in February of 1948. This style of radical Stalinism rocketed Gottwald to the office of prime minister with a new constitution in hand. Yeah, so Gottwald followed in lockstep with Stalin. He was a big Stalinist, really, uh, following the war, and, and he must have found a sense of direction through his friendship with Stalin in Moscow. The Czechs have a saying, and pardon my Czech folks, but it's vrana k vranie seda, rovni rovneho si hleda, which uh, for, the, you, for those few of you that don't speak <laughs> Czech, it means a crow sits next to a crow, one searches for an equal. So he was looking for someone with kind of similar viewpoints. And, and that would know, be Stalin. And that would be Stalin, yep. So Gottwald was no equal to Stalin, but he wanted the same status the Russian leader had on the international stage. This led to, a, to similar policies on imprisonment, labor camps uh, for political dissidents. All these people, thousands, hundreds of thousands of them, that didn't quite fit into the communist construct. And this is super important about why he catapults to the top of the list as one of the worst leaders in, in Czechoslovakian history or Czech history in this sense, mainly because he followed that trajectory we talked about with what Stalin did. And as we find out, is, is, even, even the people in Russia found out towards the end that Stalin lost it. He lost his way. Stalin killed tens of thousands of Jews and gypsies, and Gottwald didn't necessarily do that. He sent a lot of them to prison, well, to prison labor camps. and uranium mines. Right. And, Which were know, death sentences, that was by a death the way, sentence. too. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's many bad communist leaders, but the fact that he really followed Stalin's ways makes him, yeah, definitely one of the worst. He, he, he led communism, which would last for some 40 years in, in Czechoslovakia. You know, so, even though he was, his time, Travis, was short in the office as prime minister, and we'll get to that in a moment towards his later part of his life, he really wanted to make that connection to ingratiate himself with Stalin in Moscow. And one of the things that he did was he placed, he placed the biggest statue of Stalin in all of Europe and Russia on Letna Hill overlooking Prague. Letna Hill is, is, is a place that you can basically, you can see from any other hill in the city. Prague has a lot of hills. You can see it from Old Town Square, basically, right up Paris Street, which probably had a different name during the communist times. Right. But, um, yeah, so you, you could see it from all over the city. You could see this huge statue of Stalin, the biggest concrete statue in existence of Stalin. And it's kind of a funny thing because he, he wanted it to show his respect to Moscow and kind of actually gain some favor from Moscow. Sure. But there's a lot of jokes about it, so or a lot of kind of funny things. 
first of all, um, it had, you know, in, in typical communist fashion, it had these other leaders standing behind Stalin. And workers. Yeah. And farmers. And, well, yeah. Right? But, yeah. And, and, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that they're standing behind him, kind of like backing him up, Stalin at the forefront and these other people behind him. Right. And they made this joke that, you know, the kind of anti-communists would say, oh, look, it's 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 a, a statue of the people of Moscow. They're in the bread line. Bread line. You know, That's waiting right. For, yeah. <laughs> and this it, is kind of this funny thing. And then the other the other thing about it was it was actually originally for Stalin's birthday, but Stalin died before it was completed. So they wasted all this huge money. And then, of course, Khrushchev was not a fan of Stalin, so they ended up blowing it up a few years later. Not even, not even at the end of the communism, but you know, politics switched. I believe to, 1961. Yeah. yeah. So the, the pendulum swung the other way, even under communism. So they <laughs> they blew this thing up. This also leads us to the end of his life. Now, he, here's a man that was suffering from a couple big things, also in common with Stalin. Uh, they both suffered suffered from what they said was syphilis. He also had heart issues. So Gottwald uh, was told by his doctors not to leave for Stalin's uh, funeral in Moscow. It would be too cold and it would be too much of a risk and too stressful to do so. But he did anyway. There's no way they was going to miss that. He left for the funeral and uh, it, it really it did some damage to his already um, damaged heart. And so uh, he, he wound up passing away about six days after returning from Stalin's funeral. So pretty much a very quick exit for him. He now dies right after Stalin and he's going to be kind of put in the state of grace, so to speak, with, with this embalming process that, that Lenin was a part of and they tried to do the same thing with Stalin as well, kind of fitting into the last part of cult of personality sort of a situation. And uh, so Gottwald, was, his body was taken for embalmment and put in Vitkov Hill, which is another hill that overlooks Prague, the mausoleum's still there, and it's a really interesting place. But, well, first of all, they botched the uh, embalmment. So they had the same idea, like, you know, we're in Moscow, you can view Lenin's body and everything, and it'd be kind of a, almost like a religious uh, pilgrimage site. But they botched it, and his hand started to turn black, and so they had to remove his hands and, and, place, fake, and place a fake hand there. Put fake ones there. And it wasn't pretty. It was really <laughs> bad. People kind of lost their careers and possibly even lives over this. Like, it was, a, you know, they blamed engineers and doctors and whatever. They were sworn to and, secrecy. These guys, they yeah. were Czech, Czech uh, scientists that watched over him 24 hours a day, and they were sworn to secrecy about what actually happened with that process. And still to this day, they won't talk about it. So because the embalmment didn't go well and he didn't look all that great or fresh, they basically cremated him and added him with other great, in their minds, uh, communist leaders in the mausoleum. Fast forward to 1990 after the Velvet Revolution, all of the cremated uh, communist leaders that were in the mausoleum here on Vidkov Hill were moved to a local cemetery uh, in a very non-ostentatious gravesite. A pretty rough end for Gottwald, uh, for a person that th thought that he was going to be around for quite a, quite a long time. And if you talk to Czechs around here, he tops that list of one of the worst leaders in Czech history. We want to thank you for listening to this edition of the Bohemian Podcast. Please stop by our website for all things Czech from the viewpoint of an American expat, of course. You can find us at bohemican.com. For Travis Dow, I'm Pete Coleman. Until next time, Nasladano. You have been listening to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com. Or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, 
which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemian Podcast, thank you for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.